Hello and welcome to John's Author Diary for the weekend in August the 15th, 2021. I am still in summer holiday mode, so I've been spending most of this week with my wife and son. Have my mum and sister, niece and nephew up to stay for a few days at the weekend, which was great. My sister hasn't actually been to Morecambe since before the pandemic, so it was really nice to see her and the kids. I've carried on with my outline for A Merger of Crows. I'm now at a point where I'm tying up all the individual scenes. I'm getting them fleshed out, getting them typed up, and I'm honing in on the story's theme. I'm definitely excited to start writing this one. I'm starting to really picture the scenes in my mind, which is always a good sign for me, as they're all more like bullet points before. In terms of the series itself, I've been going back and forth on the title of book one and even the series name. I keep being pulled back to the original Dawn of Assassins title, as I do feel this is a catchier name, it's a better name. Though I do like Crucible of Shadows, but I think that works better for book three. So I have got some ideas already for the third book, and that does kind of sit better with that title. As for the series title, I'll probably go back to it being called Dawn of Assassins. Uh, Though I do like the idea of calling it something like Scoundrels or something like that, as it does have a bit of humour running through it. You know, it's not pure grimdark, but obviously there are some dark elements in there. Uh, So, again, I, I just need to make my mind up on this. I mean, I've got a deadline coming up soon where I need to give my brief to the cover designer. So that's the line. That's when I need to have everything decided. So at the moment, it's called Dawn of Assassins. But ask me next week and we'll see how we're getting on. Uh, In terms of reading, I'm about halfway through A Dance of Shadows by David Dalgleish. This is the fourth book in his Shadow Dance series. Uh, I read the first three of these back in February and March, and I'm not sure why I stopped reading them. It's fun fantasy with assassins and thieves, so you know it's right up my street. So I'd recommend checking those out, especially the first book, which has got a really cool energy about it, and then the other books are good as well. So the first one is called A Dance of Cloaks. So next week I'm going to carry on with... The outline of a murder of crows. I've found in the past that the better the outline, the easier it is to write. So long as I keep enough flexibility in there for when new ideas come and not have any dialogue planned out at all, because I need that spontaneity. I need to be in the zone with the scenes and just have the kind of uh, points where I need to be without you know having the phrases written out or anything like that. So I know where I'm going, but I can still keep it fresh, keep the energy there. And it's like got the same feel as discovery writing, but I know what I'm doing. So until next time, cheerio. The Birth of an Ice Dragon by John Cronshaw. Read by John Cronshaw. Josta broke free from her cocoon and fell limp onto the warm stone. Ice peeled along her spine as she breathed and stretched. She listened to the drip, drip, dripping of distant liquid and smelled gold and tin and iron and five types of stone. Her outer eyelids twitched, 
still frozen shut. Reaching out, she sensed a mind, the mind of a Lalan, clean, slippery, wide. But Josta was too weak. She was too tired. So she slept. The Lalan's mind pricked against the edges of her awareness. Pangs of hunger forced her to move. She unfurled her heavy wings as chunks of ice cascaded to the warm stone. She licked the water pooling beneath her and reached for the Larland's mind, still slippery, but cleaner and wider than before. Josta uncurled her claws and pulled them along the warm stone, scraping them, sharpening them. She closed her mind and slept. Josta smelled life as she awoke. She reached for the Larlan again. She sensed the mind, taut and wide and open and clean. Silently, she reached for him. She waited. The Larlan was close. She reached for him. And again, she called to him. After a while, he bought the grass in a container made of dead trees. The grass crunched as it froze in Justa's mouth. The Lalan shivered, his teeth chattering. Justa reached for his mind and found he was not afraid. His mind was wide and wide and wide. Without words, the Lalan said he was cold. The stones were warm under Justa's belly. So she drew the Lalan close and close. He shivered more and more. She smelt his blood and fear. He was colder than before. Perhaps she could kiss life into him like a mother had for her. Perhaps she could make him a cocoon. Then he would become more. Then he wouldn't be cold. She placed her mouth on his and breathed. The Lalan cried out with his voice and his mind. She breathed into him, filling him with the life kiss until he stopped crying out. She made a cocoon for the Lalan. She knew he would become more, more like her. She reached out. His mind was thin, stretched, liquid. Then something snapped. Joshua reached and reached and reached, but the Lalan was gone. Mm-hmm.